that was like, should have bought more tissues. Okay. Sorry, guys, you're like surrounded by estrogen. <laughs> Once I was seven years old. Do you know what that brings me, uh, that brings me back to the time my auntie would speak into my life as an eight-year-old. And I wasn't a Christian, and she would say, you have greatness inside of you. And I want you to be taken by that because women's ministry is not just a bunch of women having fun, you know, having a, you know, like a chick gathering. We're going to get warm fuzzies and all that. You know, the picture God gave me was there should not be any gaps. No more gaps. So I want to address you may be seated. I want to address the older woman in this room. My auntie was in her 60s when she said this to me. I was eight years old. And I was not confident. I was uh, very um, shy. But I knew that she was the kind of woman that would pray for me. And there were young girls who were in the Flourish conference upstairs who were getting input at such a young age, and I think, man, God, that's so amazing. That is so needed. And older woman, you are needed. You are needed because there are young girls that are looking for someone that they can, that can talk to. Because what happens is, I think this, there's a woman in Matthew 15, the, the faith of the Canaanite woman. It always takes me back to that story because she had a daughter who was demon-possessed. And she didn't think about herself. She didn't think about her own situation. She thought, my daughter needs to be free. And if you're an older woman in this room, it is not your right. <laughs> and it is not okay to sit back and shrink back and think someone else would do it. God really rebuked me when, you know, if someone said, oh, Kathy, can you do this? You know, this person needs you. And I'd be like, oh, I can't. I'm, I, oh, you know, I feel a bit inadequate. And it's like, you're a child of God. You're well equipped. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. And so this Canaanite woman, it's in Matthew 15, you can read later, but she had this demon-possessed daughter. How many people have daughters? I'm not saying my daughter's a demon possessed, by the way. Just in case you're like, oh, what is she saying? No, I'm not saying that. But she was looking through the lens of the next generation. And there needs to be women in this room that will stand in the gap for the next generation. Who are you to say, no, God can't use me? It doesn't matter who you are. God can use a pole or a donkey. But we are women of God. And you know, every move of God, women have been on the forefront of a move of God. And it is not okay to say no to Him. It is not okay to stand in the gap. So this woman, she was determined to see her daughter set free. So what does she do? She comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed. Jesus ignores her. We know the story, he ignores her and he's like, well, I'm not called to you. And then he calls her a dog. 
And the disciples, you know, they tell her to go away. She could easily get offended, but we need women of strength, women that will push through, push through. And so I want to encourage the older woman in this room, it is not okay to say no. The reason why I say this is because there are women out there, there are young girls out there that need you. They need your prayers and they need your support. They need your support. So when we have a woman's event, don't be like, oh, that's not for me. It is for you. You're actually the main, you know, the main reason why we have this. And so I want to get Pastor Helen and Pastor Ruth. These women are seasoned. They have walked through fires <laughs> for people in prayer. So could you just stand up? And I want to show you something. Could you just come up here? I don't know how you're going to come up. Can you supernaturally, like, jump up? No, sorry. Because God gave me this picture. Because I am, so oh, Ruth. She's Australian. That's what happens in Australia. <laughs> we love Australia. Oh, Helen is lovely. She's just, yeah. She was a ballerina, so that's why. But we need women who have been seasoned, who, who have authority, who have prayed through the hardest of times. The reason why we need these women and why we need you is because <laughs> once I was seven years old, and when I was seven, no one said, Kathy, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you're awesome, you can do it. This is why we need you. Because my message is she laughs without fear of the future. It's in Proverbs 31, 25. It says she was, she's clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. So what I'm gonna do is I want, now this is gonna be telling, women who are 35 up to stand up and I'm gonna get Ruth and Helen to pray for you. So Ruth, I want you to go for it. I want you to go for it. Close your eyes. Don't worry, I'm standing up too because God is speaking to me. So here you go. Thank you. Father God, we stand here today as women 35 plus, which is really good to be in that category. That God, you're going to move so powerfully on each and every one of these beautiful women today. And God, I pray that they will realise the importance of who they are and what they can give out to so many people. And I pray right now that, Lord, if there is anyone in this room that is standing that doesn't feel like they have anything to give, that you will break that mindset over their mind, that it will be broken in the name of Jesus and that they will rise up in their given right of being who they're called to be. That, Lord, we are influencers. We are women that are changing the world. We are women that can turn things around in our society, in our environment, in the places that we are. But right down, Lord, to that individual that stands right next to us, that God, if we can just change a thought pattern in one person's life that can break open something, that Lord, that's who we're called to be. And I pray right now, no woman will feel like they have nothing to offer but they'll realise that the God-given gift within them can be released to change a world, to change others around them, that as they give out, 
Lord, we'll see an incredible ripple effect taking place right across this nation and the nations of the world. Lord, anoint them afresh this morning. Fill them with the power. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and enable them to rise up and be the mighty women that you've called them to be, we pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for the anointing, Lord, on each and every woman here. Lord God, and I just pray for a rising up of thanksgiving. Father, that the gratitude in our heart towards you and what you've done, Father, will be foremost, Lord God, that we are blessed, Lord God, so we can pass on blessings to another generation. I pray you'd stir our hearts tonight or today to remember all the good things that you've done. Lord God, we come with humility. We come with praise. We come with, Lord God, closeness in our hearts to a God who's loved us with an everlasting love. We say we're eternally grateful, Lord God. Father, we're just so full of, Lord God, your goodness and what you've done. And I just pray that as we have that, Lord God, top of our mind, we'd want to share it, Lord God. We'd want to bless others. We want to include others, Lord God. And Father, as you put a mother heart in each one of us, we pray for a gathering like never before. Lord God, all these women standing will begin to gather in a fresh new way. Lord God, to give an invitation to come. Lord God, to come and see. So Father, we thank you that you're the one we want to see. Lord, we've seen you in our lives and we pray that, Father, our hearts will be to see you rise in another generation. Father, you're such a good, good God and we worship you. We just pray and thank you that you give us all that we need when we don't know what to say. Lord, you speak through us, you anoint us, you cause us to touch others with your love. I pray for a release of generosity right now. I pray break fear, break containment, break confinement, Lord God, break the temptation to hide away, Lord God, to feel unimportant. But Father, I pray you'd release a generosity that we so value what you've given us, that Father, we want to give it away. So bless all these wonderful women, and Lord God, we believe for a gathering right across this nation, across the world, Father of women that rise up and bless your holy name, because you are so good, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, ladies. So before I speak, We've got a little gift for you. Now, this, this gift is out there because <laughs> the theme is out there. And uh, when we were, it looks like, uh, is that communion? No, that's the gifts. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> that's a little bit different. Okay. All right. But, um, I love this gift because it was uh, made by Layplan, who is an awesome designer brand, designer label, um, a beautiful girl named Lavinia, who's an amazing designer, who's got just a creative lens. And um, we just want to honor you, Lavinia, if she's here. Let's give her a hand. Now, when I first tried them on, I was like, oh, these are young people earrings. <laughs> but you know what? Why don't you just do something out there? Put them on if your ears are pierced, and if they're not, just give them as a gift to someone. 
but I think they're really cool. And that would be a really good uh, conversation piece when you put them on. So they are stars, because stars are up there. I know, you know, so it had to go with the theme. And as we're doing that, where's my friend Noel Fletcher? Come up, Noel. Um, it's a little bit different because I, you know, when I preach, I, I don't just do the same message. I just ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Um, because I really believe that, you know how it says he leaves the 99 for the one, that you are very special to him and you are unique. So I just felt the Holy Spirit say, just get Noel to share a testimony um, of healing. So, Noel, give, give her a hand. Anyone who knows me knows that I don't take time off school. So having to take an extra two days plus the weekend because I came down with a terrible virus and it really laid me low. And I felt by Wednesday, look, I just had to do this. So I got up, went to school, and my Apple Watch had been telling me that my pulse rate was very high. And... Uh, didn't take a great deal of notice, but as the Wednesday went on, I felt my heart was going to absolutely jump out of my chest. And I started to get frightened, and I thought, oh, Lord, I'm going to die at school. And that's sort of a joke, really, <laughs> because people say that to me, you know, you'll die at school. And uh, I didn't want it to be a prophecy. So, and the worst thing was I thought my deputy principal, who has been a volunteer fireman for a long time, he will run and get the defibrillator. And um, that, I'd never be able to get over that. So I'd have to just go and be with the Lord. So, um, but, but I was scared. I was scared. So I, re I emailed my doctor and she said, come straight in, which I did. So she talked to me for a few minutes and then she said, we need to do an ECG. I said, that's all right, I had one. Remember before a little operation I'd had, everything was good. Got in there and um, the technician put it on and at one stage she, just, she squeaked and said, it's just peaked at 200 beats per minute. And I thought, well, thanks for telling me that, you know. And I was going to facetiously say, I'll check it on my watch, but, um, but it was horrible. And when Liz, my doctor, came in, she said, um, Noel, your, your, um, your heart rate, your ECG trace is showing Q waves. And uh, she said that usually indicates you're either having a heart attack or you've had some damage previously. And I was shocked. I'm a walker, I've walked all my life, and um, I, I was shocked and I was scared. And I thought, I think it's time to really cry out to the Lord because you know something horrible could be going down here. So um, she said, look, I, we've sent your ECG off to a cardiologist and he has said, send off for the urgent bloods, which they did do. She sent me home, I drove home, <laughs> met Richard there and um, explained what had happened and we had to wait till those bloods came urgently back. And the good news was, I wasn't having a heart attack, um, but she said, I'll ring you in the morning for the rest of the tests. Um, 
So she rang me in the morning and said, you've obviously been dehydrated for a long time and you need potassium. And that's what was causing the rapid heart rate. However, she said, it doesn't explain the Q waves. You have to go and see a cardiologist, which I did the following Tuesday. So I went in and um, he did the echocardiograph. He's got a face, one of those faces that would do well on an, un, on an, under, on an, uh, an undertaker, you know, and you couldn't read what he was thinking. So he did the echo, I got on the treadmill, and just before the girl who said to me, look, we're going to do the last two minutes, and it's a bit like doing a slow job, jog uh, up Mount Everest. And I thought, oh, great. So anyway, we started that when he swept in and turned it off. Took me to his office and said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with your heart. Your heart's perfect. There are no Q waves. There is nothing to worry about. So I went home feeling absolutely fantastic. And then um, on the Friday night, we went to the movies and we saw The Greatest Showman, which is a super movie. And I was loving it. I love the music. And in the middle of it, I got this picture in the middle of the movie, this picture of Pastor Kathy here turning around to pray for me on Sunday morning when I put my hand up. And I felt the Lord say, I healed you. Now, I was, I was crying in the movie theater, and then the movie was very good, so I went on with that. And then on the way out, I was telling Richard what had happened, and I'm crying, and I thought, all these people coming in will be thinking, that, wonder what movie she went to, it must have been really sad. So I said to Kathy in the morning, on, on the next Sunday morning, she can pray for me anytime, and bless God. Okay, so it's nothing to do with me, but that's why we need each other. And so you can't do life alone. You can't isolate yourself because who knows, having no friends is really boring. But my key scripture this morning is she laughs without fear of the future. And I really felt God wanted to say to you, you don't need to fear your future. The future of your family the future of your friends. That's why prayer is so important. Prayer is so vital. If you're not praying right now, I want to encourage you, start. Start today. Prayer is a conversation with God, and He wants you to talk to Him. But not only that, when you pray with conviction and compassion, it's amazing what God can do. And, you know... I read that scripture and she laughs, and I love to laugh. I mean, that's just one of my exercises I do every day. I laugh, I, I love to laugh. If you ask my daughters, I laugh when I'm not angry. <laughs> I do laugh, don't I, girls, anyway. But um, two years ago, I started to lose my laugh. And the reason why was because I um, was going through so much stress. I had something happen in our family and I started to eat. Because you know how some people don't eat when they're stressed? I don't understand you. <laughs> if I'm stressed, I'll eat like ice cream and chocolate and, you know. So it was two years of that and I had gained over 10 kilos. 
And I went to see my doctor last year, and she said, these were her words, what the hell have you been doing? It's like you've eaten another person, anyway. And uh, I love her to bits because she, you know, sometimes the truth hurts. You need to hear the truth. You know, don't get your mother to tell you because your mother loves you. You look fine, Kathy, you know. I'm like, Mom, I'm 10 kilos heavier. Uh, so, and I just felt so heavy and so weighed down that my doctor said you need to do something about it. So I did. So don't worry, all that, the 10 kilos have gone now. But, but it was two years of sadness. And one of my good friends, he said to me, Kathy, you've really lost your spark. You've lost your laugh. And so he started to pray for me. He, there was a group of people praying for me. And he just said, it's like the enemy has just taken away your joy. And I was like, I know, I don't know why. And so I read that scripture and I thought, you know what, devil? You are not gonna take away my laugh ever again because that's who I am. I look through the lens of laughter. And if you're in this room and you're not feeling particularly on the laughing, like you're like, I don't wanna laugh right now. You don't know what I'm going through. Do you know what I had to do in the midst of my storm? I had to laugh. Because there's this amazing scripture, I wanna read it out to you. It's in Psalm 37 verse 13. It's, uh, did I give the right scripture? I think, I don't know. Anyway, amplified version. It says, the Lord laughs at him, the wicked one who oppresses the righteous, for he sees that his day of defeat is coming. So God's got to remind you, you know, remember where we win. We're the winners, not him. And so I had to walk through my storm laughing. Like at the time, I didn't feel like laughing. I was like, oh gosh, this is horrible. But in the midst of chaos, you gotta stand there and say, yeah, I am a child of God, I'm his kid. Why are you touching me for, devil? You know, like, what's the point? You're defeated. So why I come to that is because if you're in this room and you've been drained and you've been in a situation where, oh, you know, this is just killing me right now. I want to ask you the question, what makes you come alive? For me, what makes me come alive is I like talking to strangers. I can't help it. I'm always like, hi, how are you? You know, that's my thing. Um, and God really challenged me last year, Kathy, you need to share your faith again. And I was like, okay, I prayed a dumb prayer. God used me. That was my prayer. So what happened was my mum uh, uh, said to me, you know, I want you to come to Sydney. My, my auntie had passed away. It's my mum's younger sister. And she said, Kathy, I want you to share your faith. And I was like, okay. So I go to this funeral. And it's like, I haven't seen my cousins in years. And they're on the kind of like the, you know, the criminal side. <laughs> So they're the ones I've hardly seen in years. So I'm like, oh, mum. So I go over to my auntie's house and I'm like, mum, where are we staying? Oh, at auntie's house. Okay. The one that passed away, right? So 
I, I'm like, where do I sleep? And mum's like, oh, you know, in auntie's bed. <laughs> I'm like, mum, she passed away in here, didn't she? So I'm like spraying holy water, wearing plastic, you know, it's like, I'm like, I don't want to die, you know, quoting scripture. And so I'm, you know, and I'm just, I'm like, why am I here? Like, seriously, I don't know these cousins. And so, you know, I ask one of my cousins, oh, so what have you been up to? And he's like, oh, I've been in jail. I'm like, cool. And he goes, what have you been up to, cousin? I said, I'm the pastor. And you know when it gets really awkwardly silent? And I go, gee, the bread is really nice, eh? And so we talked about bread and... And when it came to the funeral, I said to mum, I don't want to do it. Because if you have never been in a, in a Polynesian church, laughter is a sin. Like seriously, if you laugh, you're like of the devil. So I said to mum, mum, I can't do it because I'm the kind of person when I'm nervous, I laugh a lot, like, ah, you know. And so I'm like, mum, I can't. And so, so she said, please. So we walk into the church and uh, as Noel was saying, you know, they all look like undertakers in that church. And I thought, oh man, there's just no one's, you know. It, it was a funeral, by the way. So it was sad. But it was like sad on, a, on the worst level ever. So we're sitting there. It's so funny. My mum, because it's a tra traditional island church, mum goes, what are you wearing to the funeral? I said, oh, you know, this number. had a, The dress was up to here. So mum took me, took me to a Muslim shop. <laughs> The longest dress that went down to the floor. <coughs> so I'm wearing this really long, I can't even walk properly. And so we're sitting up the front and I am so nervous and I feel the Holy Spirit say, share the gospel, share the gospel. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so, so this is in January of this year. So, um, so the minister is like, you know, uh, we've got Kathy, she's going to come up. So I come up, but before I come up, they placed this photo on my auntie's casket. And the photo, because my auntie wasn't a tiny person, right? The picture that they picked, I thought, what the heck? So they chose a picture of her holding a jumbo-sized pack of M&Ms. And I'm like, that is so insensitive. That is terrible, you know. But at the same time, I'm like, you know when you can't laugh? So I'm holding it and going like this. I just can't. I can't cope. And I'm like, Mum, why did they pick that photo? And my mum said, isn't it beautiful? And I was like, diabetes, you know, that's what I'm thinking. So... Mum says, I want you to share. So, so I go up. And because I like to use humour, but I forget it's a funeral, I stand up and I go, oh, what about those M&Ms? <laughs> and my auntie has four sons. They're staunch, they're big. Two of them have been in jail and they're sitting there looking at me like. And honestly, it was tumbleweed moment because... I was like, what about those M&Ms? And then I just said, gee, this is a tough crowd. 
And my mum is like... <laughs> so, I go, okay, Kathy. This is your moment now. So I start talking about how I became a Christian, about how you don't need to be perfect. We're all sinners. I start sharing the gospel. I can't even remember what I said because I was just... Honestly, God is so gracious because they were stabbing me with their eyes. <laughs> and, and all I remember is sitting down and my cousin who... Who is, he just doesn't cry. He's just sitting there and he goes, hey, cuz, can you tell me more about what you shared? And I went, yeah, sure. But in that moment, I realized that that's what makes me come alive. Because for two years, I was sad and I was stressed out and I did have fear of the future. I was questioning God. I was like, God, what... Why is this happening to our family? What is going on? I had questions of, you know, I couldn't even see into the future. And that is really, that's a horrible place to be when you can't see five years, 10 years down the track. And if that's you in the room, I wanna encourage you. What makes you come alive? Has the enemy taken your laugh away from you? Has your spark gone? And I said, okay, God, you know, even though it's been really tough in the last two years, I thank you, Jesus, that my daughters love God. They love him. Uh, my mother-in-law, Pastor Helen, she's, she's our kids' pastor, and she started an initiative called the Prayer Tent in Boom. And my youngest daughter, Sophia, she's nine years old, and she goes, Mom, I'm on the prayer team. It's like, cool. She goes, I've um, I prayed for 20 people today. And I just think there's something powerful in knowing that people are investing into the future of my children. So I want to honor the kids pastors and kids leaders and youth leaders and young adult leaders. You are awesome. You know, sometimes they can annoy you, the young people. They can annoy you, but I, I used to annoy people. And so she laughs without fear of the future. It reminds me of a scripture in Genesis 21 and a story of Abraham and Sarah. They had this promise from God. And the promise outworked itself 25 years later. But the interesting thing was Sarah laughed. She thought it was hilarious that God would choose her to have a baby because she was, you know, everything has shut down. <laughs> you know, in the natural. It would be like if I got pregnant. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I can, oh no, I won't, anyway. <laughs> No, Lord, no, okay. My girls are like, ooh, gross. <laughs> but Sarah laughed, but it was a laugh of faith. First it was like, this is ridiculous. This is a ridiculous thing to, to happen. But I want you 
to think about the promises of God in your life. Now don't just think, oh, this is one of those messages where it's about the promise and the promises of God are yes and amen. Well, yeah, that's part of it. But God is a promise keeper and a promise maker. And so when Sarah heard that God was going to do that for them and she laughed, my prayer to you is that God will give you a laugh of faith. You know, laughter is a weapon. And God wants to restore back the joy in your life. He wants you to laugh again. And if you're in here and you're like, I'm not a laughy person, well, start to laugh. It's not that hard. I look through the lens of laughter. Ever since I was a kid, I would just see everything as a comedy. And my prayer to you is that you would do the same, that you would see even the hardest of situations. I want to share one more story. This is about my nephew and my sister. I just said, can I share this story? And she said, yeah. So my nephew, he walked away from God 10 years ago. And he made the decision, I hate God. I don't want to go to church. And I'm through with him. So she, he made that decision. So it's been a journey. My, my sister and her husband are pastors. And so for them, it was like devastating. And so for 10 years, he's journeyed through like, he wouldn't come out of his room. He was anxious. Uh, and all the, uh, the 10 years, you know, leading up to that, I'd say, is he coming out of his room? No. So I'd always talk to him through his door. And I was like, I'm not going to put up with this. So I said to my sister, let's pray, because it was just getting worse. And what happened, what made it like even sadder was he had enrolled into university uh, a few years ago, but he hadn't been going. Like imagine that, like not going to, yeah, so anyway. So my brother-in-law rings up, it's graduation day. Um, I haven't had any notification about my son's graduation. And they're looking through the list. Oh, he hasn't been coming for three years. And they're like, what? So, you know, my, my sister and my brother-in-law are really, really angry. And then they just said, okay, we've had enough. And they gave him the ultimatum, you just need to go. And my nephew was in tears. It was a big family, like, you know... The, everything, like, it was dramatic. And my sister rang me and she said, Kathy, I can't see a way out. I actually can't see my son turning to God. I can't, uh, she had fear of the future for him. She was like, I can't even, I can't comprehend what's going to happen to him. And I said, I have faith that God is going to take the veil from his eyes and I will pray for you. So this was Sunday. And she said, okay, you have the faith, but I don't. And this is why we don't do life alone. And if you've got a situation that is like, you can't even see the light, you can't see the future, call on someone who has the faith. So I prayed Sunday, Monday, she rings up. I don't know where he, he is. They kicked him out of home. 
he's in his mid-20s and they didn't know where he was. And I said, don't worry, I'm praying. I, I can see him. So I said to her, this is what I see. I see him on his knees turning back to God. Don't worry, I have your back in prayer. So prayed. Tuesday, it's e-group, my connect group. And you know what? If you're not in an e-group or a connect group, small group, whatever you want to call it, you need to be in one. Why? Because when two or three are gathered, so Tuesday, e-group night, it's we all gather together, we break up into small groups and pray. And I say to our e-group, can we please pray for my nephew? Um, so I shared the situation. I looked at the time because I find, okay, we prayed at this certain time, so we're going to remember that. So we prayed, and, I, uh, and when we prayed, I felt like something shifted. Have you ever prayed prayers like that? Where you're like, oh yeah, something's happening. So at midnight on the Tuesday, my sister, I've had a few missed calls from my sister, and she tells me the next day, she said, Kathy, you wouldn't believe it. And I laughed. I just thought, I know what's going on. She said, her son had come back at midnight crying and he apologized for everything. Some things had gone down at uni that we, they didn't know about. But the one thing that she said was, he said at 8.30 on that night, he went on his knees. He went on his knees at 8.30 because I looked, I told my eager, okay, we looked at the time, it's 8.30 went on his knees and repented and asked Jesus back into his life. Now, why do I share that? Because you have promises in your life that you think, okay, nothing's shifted. I would get someone who has faith in the room who can see, because maybe you can't see, but someone else can see. And that's why we do need older women and younger women and the middle-aged woman. If you're a woman, we need you. Because my sister couldn't see. Now she is a woman of faith, but she couldn't see. She had fear of the future for her child, but I could see. I could see. And so when I'm in that situation, I will call on people that know God. I'm not going to call on, you know, the hippie down the road. I'm going to call on women who know Him, who know how to talk to Him, who stand in faith so I can laugh without fear of the future. I can laugh in the face of the enemy because I know my promises will come and they will because sometimes we stand there and go, yeah, we can do it. No, we can do it. It says we have the mind of Christ.